0: Amen. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Isaiah chapter number 40. Isaiah chapter number 40. Isaiah chapter number 40. And we'll begin reading in, in verse number 1. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 1. The Bible reads, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her, that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. The voice said cry and he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. And all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. O Zion, that bringeth good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out the heaven with, a, with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales And the hills in a balance. Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor, hath taught him? With whom took he counsel? And who instructed him? And taught him in the path of judgment? And taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket... And are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor the beasts thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing. And they are counted to him less than nothing in vanity. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will ye compare unto him? The workman melteth a graven image, the goldsmith spreadeth it over with gold, and casteth silver chains. He that is so impoverished that he hath no oblation, chooseth a tree that will not rot. He seeketh unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in, that bringeth the princes to nothing, he maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stork shall not take root in the earth. And he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will ye liken me? Or shall I be equal? saith the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold who hath created these things, that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel? My way is hid from the Lord, And my judgment is passed over from my God. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful chapter in your word. Lord, you're such a great and mighty and awesome God. And I pray, Lord, who you are would encourage each and every person that's here today in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you ever feel that God has forgotten you or isn't aware of your situation? The God fearing people of Judah, they felt that way. Judgment was the theme of Isaiah's prophecies, it was the theme of all of the prophets. And as time marched on, judgment came to the northern kingdom and then several hundred years later would come to the southern kingdom it was easy for god's people to become worried and fearful with all the bad news coming their way they ask a question of god in verse 27 why sayest thou o jacob and speakest o israel my way is hid from the lord and my judgment is passed over from my god God doesn't see what's going on in my life. Does he not know that I'm trying to follow him, that I'm trying to serve him? But yet, it's all bad news. Even though times were tough, God had his eyes on his people all along. And no matter your situation today, just like he wanted to comfort the people of Israel, he wants to comfort you. He comes with comfort and he tells his people that one day he's going to return and things are going to be different. We see it in verse number one. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill will be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed... And all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Verse 9, O Zion, that bringeth good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain, O Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength, lift it up, be not afraid, saying unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. So one day, the Messiah was going to come and he was going to rescue his people and he was going to set up his kingdom. And he was going to lead them with his hand. And he was going to treat them like his lambs. So God comforted his people. Secondly, he also promises them that the flesh that oppresses them will fail. But God's word won't fail. They were oppressed by their enemies. But look what God says about Humanity, All flesh, verse 6, is grass. And all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. All those that were oppressing them or would oppress them, they would all they would, all, they would all die. They would all be blown away. And the words of God would stand forever. Look at verse, verse 8. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth. So man will die. But the word of our God shall stand forever. He comes with comfort. He comes with a promise that those that oppress you will fail but my words will not fail. And then he reminds them of the greatness of God. He asks many questions, many rhetorical questions, um, getting them to think about who he is and what he is like. Um, Look at verse number 12. God has, has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. Think of all the water you've ever seen. And it fits in the hollow of God's hands. He meted out the heaven with a span. God's hand is so big, it covers the whole heaven. It says there, And comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure. Now that's a big measuring cup. All the dust of the earth. And he weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. Look at verse 13. Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counselor had taught him? You know, God never had to learn anything. God knows everything. He knows everything. Verse 14. With whom took he counsel? Or who instructed him? What school did God go to? He didn't go to school. Who taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? God already knows, has forever known everything. He is a great God. And we notice he is greater than every nation. Look at verse 15. Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of, a balance, of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the aisles as a very little thing. Guess what? All the powers in this world, are they are nothing compared to God. Nothing. Just a very, they're just a, a drop in a bucket, a small piece of dust. Doesn't matter how big our armies are. Doesn't matter how much money we have, they are nothing compared to God. He speaks of Lebanon. He said, There's not enough forests in Lebanon, and there's not enough sacrifices in Lebanon. They are less than nothing and vanity. And so all nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing and vanity. He is greater than all the nations. And he is greater than all the idols. He is greater than all the idols. Um, you know, people have been making idols for, for generations. From the beginning of time, people have been making idols. They've been worshiping other gods. Um, but look at verse 21. Have you not known? Have you not heard? It, Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Hath ye not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. And the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. He is greater than all the idols. He is greater than all the nations. In verse 21 through 25, He is greater than all men. Verse 23, That bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stalk shall not take root in the earth. And he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither. And the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will ye liken me? Or shall I be equal? Sayeth the Holy One. He is greater than all nations, He's greater than all idols, He's greater than all men. Verse number 26 says, He is the creator of all things. It says, Lift up your eyes on high. You look up into the heavens at night. Look up into the heavens. He hath created all these things. He bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names. It is estimated there's more stars than there is sand on all the seashores of the world. That's mind boggling to think. We don't see that with our naked eye, but the telescopes tell us that it's just innumerable the the stars that that are above us. And God has them all named. You know, I think of um, when you're when you're a kid, you learn the countries of the world and the capitals of the world and the provinces and the capitals of all the provinces. And if if you're American, you learn all fifty states and all fifty capitals. and And it takes a lot of work to remember all those things. But can you imagine? God knows the name; He is named, and He knows the name of every star in the universe. He knows everything. That he has created. There are 1.7 million species that have been named as of 2021. But many believe there's as many as a trillion different created um, entities in our earth. It's amazing. And God knows all of them, He created them all, He knows all things. He knows all things. And He promises strength to all that will wait on Him. He promises strength to all that will wait on Him. Notice verse 28. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord... The creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. You'll never get to the bottom of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Our God knows everything about us. And he promises strength to all that will wait on him. Waiting on the Lord includes trusting God's revelation to be true. Uh, Look with me at Hebrews chapter number one. Waiting on the Lord includes trusting God's revelation to be true. Trusting God's word to be true. Notice Hebrews 11 and verse number 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, when we wait on the Lord, we trust God's revelation to be true. You know, the origin of humanity, the origin of the world, we can take God's word for it. That's what waiting on Him is. Believing that everything we see was created by the very Words of God. That, that we're not here by accident, but that we were put here and that we were created by God. So, waiting on God is believing his revelation, believing what he reveals to us. The word of God is revelation. Uh, we don't know everything about God, we only know what God chooses to reveal about himself. And we have a choice. Are we going to wait on the Lord? Are we going to believe what he says about himself? Waiting on the Lord means trusting God's revelation to be true. Verse number six, trust, uh, waiting on the Lord includes trusting God to reward our obedience. Notice verse number six, Hebrews 11:6. six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he is God, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Waiting on the Lord is believing God sees us and God is going to reward us when we trust him, when we obey him. That's what waiting on the Lord is. Waiting on the Lord is praying and waiting for His answer. Look at Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter 7. And verse number 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask Him. Waiting on the Lord includes praying and waiting for God's answer. Waiting on the Lord also includes resting in God's sovereignty. Look look at Romans 8. Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. Resting in what's going on in your life. Resting in the circumstances that God brings into your life. Waiting on the Lord is resting in God's sovereignty. Romans 8 and verse 28. It says, And we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Waiting on the Lord includes resting in God's sovereignty, resting that he is working in your life, trusting him. Uh, look at James chapter number one. James chapter number one, after Hebrews, James chapter one. Waiting on the Lord includes counting our, tr- our trials A great joy. Counting our trials a great joy. We see in James chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, various trials. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Waiting on the Lord includes counting all of of the trials that God brings in our life, a great joy. Waiting on the Lord includes, we see in verse 5, seeking God's wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that it to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. God promises, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Albert Barnes writes that waiting on the Lord does not imply inactivity or want of personal exertion. It implies merely that our hope of aid and salvation is in God, a feeling that is consistent with the most strenuous endeavors to secure the object as it is with a state of inactivity and indolence. Indeed, no man can wait on God in a proper manner who does not use the means which he has appointed for conveying to us his blessing. So waiting on the Lord doesn't mean that we do nothing. Waiting on the Lord means we do what God tells us to do. We obey him, we follow him. To wait on him without using any means to obtain his aid is to tempt him. To expect miraculous interposition is unauthorized and must meet with disappointment. He uses the example of the farmer who is going to wait on God for his harvest. But the farmer must still plant his seed, plow his fields, water his garden. He cannot just sit back and say, I'm waiting on God for a harvest. He is tempting God. I think of three Bible characters that Waited on the Lord, and they found strength from the Lord. Look at Psalms 138. Psalms 138. David found strength waiting on the Lord. David found strength waiting on the Lord. Psalms 180, 138 and verse 3. David writes, In the day when I cried, thou answerest me. And strengthenest me with strength in my soul. When he cried on the Lord, when he waited on the Lord, God strengthened him with strength in his soul. Go with me to Lamentations. That's right after Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Um, Jeremiah found strength waiting on the Lord. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse number 25. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. It is good. It is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeketh him. Jeremiah found strength waiting on the Lord. And then we think of the Apostle Paul. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Um, And verse 6, for though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seemeth to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. So three times Paul was waiting on the Lord that he would do something with this thorn in his flesh. And how did God respond? Well, he gave him strength. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So Paul decided, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. I wait on the Lord in my infirmities. I wait on the Lord in reproaches. I wait on the Lord in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Paul found strength waiting on the Lord. David found strength waiting on the Lord. Jeremiah found strength waiting on the Lord. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26. It's on your bulletin cover this morning. Isaiah 26 in verse 3 Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee Trust ye in the Lord forever for in the Lord Jehovah is ever Lasting strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. So, this morning, God is, God is asking you to wait upon Him, to trust Him, to depend on Him for the strength that He wants to give you. Maybe God spoke to your heart through the video earlier, and you recognize that you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's only one way to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's by repentance realizing you're a sinner, realizing you're on your way to hell, and turning to Jesus Christ and putting your faith and trust in Him? Is there a time in your life when you've done that, when you trusted Jesus as your Savior? If you've never trusted Jesus, He wants you to trust Him today. And and Christian, He wants you to, to rest in His strength. He wants you to wait upon Him. He wants you to Um, Put all your confidence in Him and follow Him with all of your heart. Let's bow our heads this morning and close our eyes. Lord, we thank You that You are a great and powerful, all-knowing, all-powerful, omniscient, all-loving God. And Lord, thank you for calling us to wait on you, to trust you, to depend on you, to look to you with all of our anxieties, all of our cares, to trust you, to wait on you. And Lord, I pray each one of us would wait on you. And Lord, we would renew our strength in you. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand to our feet. The piano will play or the music will play. The altar is open. Will you wait on the Lord? The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever.